Hey everyone and welcome to episode 11 of Life, the Mind and Other Shit by Coaching Minds. I'm your host today, Paul Smith, and I'm joined by two of our absolutely amazing coaches, Daniel Hinmarch and Charmaine Fernandez. I'll let them say hello to everyone who's tuned in. Hello guys, I'm really happy to be here today and I'm looking forward to diving deep into this topic. Hello everyone, I'm Charmaine. It's my first time here on uh, Coaching Minds podcast and I'm truly grateful. Thank you, Paul, and thank you, Dan. Well, fantastic. It's wonderful to have you here on your first podcast episode, Charmaine. Um, I know you're a keen listener, but it's fantastic to have you here. Um, Daniel, and it's wonderful to have you back as well, so thank you. So I think today's topic is a, a really interesting topic and something that everybody will be attracted to. So today's question um, is, it's called a breakup because it's broken? Question mark. What do we think? Um, yes, it's called breakup because it is broken. What uh, the relationship that you had with that person is broken the connection the bond the trust everything is broken but you are not broken something that is broken is your relationship but not that person or not you but um, i also know uh, at times we feel that we are broken because a huge part of us has been gone but yeah um i'll say that it's called breakup because um, the relationship is broken. So for, for me, um, I've had lots of different types of breakups. Um, and some of them I wouldn't say were broken. Um, it was just that uh, it wasn't the right time or it wasn't um, something that you know, we could both commit to. So I think it was a mutual thing to say, we, we, you know, at this point in time, it's not going to work out. Um, so let's leave it there. And um, there was nothing broken about it. We still had a, a lot of admiration for each other. Um, you know, some that I still talk to and um, because there was nothing bad in it, it just wasn't the, the time or, or the place. Um, I think we've still got some level of, of connection there. So I wouldn't say it was broken. Um, just to, you know, either the time, the place, or we weren't aligned with each other. Okay, so two opposing views there, some really good thoughts um, on, on the question. So I suppose the first thing I just want to ask you guys is, what do we mean by the word broken so for me it, it's um you know when you take a a, a plate um and, and you smash it on the ground yes you can put the pieces back together but it's never going to be or look the same so when it's broken, there's usually 
somebody's been hurt or somebody's had the 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 trust they've had a trust in somebody that they can no longer trust them because they, they, you know they've done something hurtful or something that um really upsets the other people or, or doesn't align with the other person yeah yeah um i was also thinking of a jar with a crack on it so for me that's already broken um it it doesn't feel complete or it doesn't look complete at all so yeah like what i've said let's say if you had this romantic relationship with someone and then you break up then um your trust your your connection your relationship has been broken okay so it's quite interesting that you both used kind of pottery as an example uh daniel using the smash uh the plate smashed uh charmaine you're talking about cracks in the jaw and um, i don't know why but it, it brings to my mind and charmaine being in japan maybe you can explain this a little bit better than i can is it called kintsugi is that the right word where they actually smash it's a japanese art where they smash the pottery the jaw and they fix it back together with gold to give it a better and, and stronger look did I, did I get that right, Japan? Uh, in. <laughs> yeah, that's perfectly said, Paul. Um, in Japanese culture, they keep things as they can, even if it's old. If you can still use it, then they will keep it and they will use it. If something is broken and they are so good at art, so yeah, they will uh paint this uh, with gold linings and uh, make it uh better and more beautiful yeah so i say that they're trying to put new life in into something um which is fast becoming a, a big thing in the uk called upcycling uh where they take something gold and then they, they you know, either paint it or, or put some paper over it or do something to make it look new again. Um, but then I'm, I'm coming at, at, uh, at an angle where, you know, not just love relationships, but um, work relationships, friend relationships, you know, they can all be broken as well. Yeah, and I think for me, when we look at the word broken, it's it, there's different stages of being broke. Um, in terms of, Daniel, you went to the smash player, Charmaine, you went to a crack. But there are things that can break that we can fix. You know, electrical devices, you know, who's dropped their iPhone before or their, their mobile phone, we can get that fixed. So, you know, is it called a breakup because it's broken? I think some important points to explore is we can be in a relationship, as you mentioned, Dan, you just did a really good example with work relationships, personal relationships, friendships. They, they can be broken, but still there. So has anybody, either of you, been in a relationship that they felt wasn't right for them, they knew it was broken, but you haven't actually gone through the breakup. You've decided to stay for a length of time. 
I've seen this, a lot of people do this. I've done this before in the past as well. I don't know if any of you have, does it necessarily have to be a breakup if it's broken? I've stayed um, with a partner um, because I was I was sort of under the veil of love. Um, and I, I don't think I quite saw to the extent what he was doing um, or whether it was that I didn't set me boundaries and I just allowed that to happen even though I saw it. Um, but I knew it was broken. But I think I was afraid of the other side of the, the coin where I would be without anybody. Um, and at that time, my mindset, and I've seen this a lot as well, is that I'm, I'm not really worth it unless I'm with somebody. So I don't place the value in myself. Um, I'm always, I was always dependent on somebody else. Um, and then, you know, going through two relationships and really working on my mindset, um, reaching that, that point of interdependency. Um, you know, the relationship I've got now, we can have times together, but we can also be apart and do our own thing. Um, and there's no pressure on, on either of us. Um, you know, going back... Um, to childhood as well because I'd seen my parents argue for 90% of the time even though they loved each other they got in each other's nerves but they still loved each other and I thought that well that's how relationships are so then when I was in this relationship where we were arguing constantly I just took that as a normal thing because I didn't know any other way for a relationship to be Thank you for sharing that, Dan. Um, yeah, I I resonate well with being broken while not having that breakup yet, especially when I had this first long-term relationship with my ex, and that was really a long time ago. Um, I did I wasn't aware that uh, I I was feeling broken, but what I knew back then was um, I um, I was being dependent already on him that if he will be away or what I like I don't know what to do without this guy so yeah but I wasn't aware that um, I, I was feeling broken maybe more of the needy or being dependent and I was so immature back then and that was a long time ago. And that was the only long-term relationship I had. It was three years. Um, not my happiest. Yeah. Thank you both for sharing um, your private experiences there and your personal experiences. I really appreciate you being so open. Um, Daniel, I can really resonate with you um, with regards to that need to feel like you need to be with someone. Um, when I was younger, when I was going through my, my phases of depression, it's something that I definitely felt that I needed. I needed somebody else to make me happy, someone else to make me feel full. Um, it was almost as if I felt broken and this other person was the, the missing piece to make me feel whole. 
Um, so I can look at uh, being broken from that side in terms of is it being a personal feeling, um, and again resonate with what you were saying there, Charmaine. Too kind of kind of links there as well. Um, but I suppose what do we mean by a relationship being broken? Can we can we give any examples of when a relationship might be broken? For me, it's when we're not aligned with each other. Um, when our expectations aren't being met, um, you know, when we don't have that trust um, that we once had, um, they can all all fall into the trap of being sort of broken. Um, but I, I just want to touch upon as well, um, Paul, when you said about you know when we drop a phone, um, when we do drop a phone and that front glass say smashes that that glass is not fixable but we can replace it um and i say that as you know in our life we, we cannot fix what's happened but we can change our mindset um and put it put it put ourselves in a better mindset for for going forward beautifully said then yes um, now I'm lost because I was listening to you, so I forgot what I'm about to say. Yeah, I'll get back to that one because I'm so listening. I was in the zone, so yeah. You know, so the question was, you know, what makes the relationship broken? Um, how would we define a broken relationship? Um, and Daniel, I like your your part with the um, the glass smashing and, and how that's replaced and the change of the the mindset really helps. Um, but I think it's you know everyone says in order to, to enter a happy relationship, you need to be first happy with yourself or learn to love yourself. And I think that's so true. You need to go into a relationship whole, um, and that makes everything a lot better because then it goes back to what you're saying, Daniel, in terms of you start to understand you move from independence to interdependence, which is understanding that you can do better together rather than a lot of people being stuck in that, that stage of dependency where where we were, when we talked about that need to want to be with someone, that is you being dependent because you're expecting somebody else to make you, you whole, you learn. Um, and I think this is why breakups are good with the wrong people because it allows you to do that introspection that reflection that allows you to find you and start to understand more about you become more self-aware for when you do find that next relationship it becomes better another point i just want to come on to Danny, you mentioned expectations and i honestly feel like we should never have expectations from anybody anything we expect from somebody else we should be able to do ourselves um obviously on the lines of cheating and things like that then there's an expectation but that comes to trust and loyalty i think that's slightly different from it's kind of the contract that we have with <laughs> i'm using the word contract but it is a psychological contract we have in terms of trust and loyalty that we have with a partner or someone that we're getting romantically involved with but i think there's a, a key thing to know and, and i think there's a big difference between expectations that we set ourselves for people what we expect other people to do in a relationship and also a breach of credibility or a knocking of credibility in terms of what i mean is they set commitments with us they promise things and then don't succeed i think that can really damage the relationship there 
if so they set themselves commitments so we they're setting expectations for us because of what they're saying and i think that's what can really cause a relationship to be broken is when they say they're going to do something and then it doesn't happen rather than we're going into that relationship you should be doing this for me you should be doing that you're my girlfriend you you should be cooking you're my boyfriend you should be doing this blah blah we shouldn't have those expectations but if they say we're going to do this at this time or we're going to do this next week or i promise that uh, we'll go here at some point and that doesn't happen then that can really lead to credit we look at trust the forces of trust we talk about this a lot and that breaches the forces of trust it, it breaches consistency credibility competency and I've, the fourth one's gone up my mind i teach this a lot what's the fourth one competency credibility consistency and confidence you lose confidence in that person as well so i think it's important to distinguish the difference and if you've got anything to say with regards to that that for me um goes back to what we've been learning at the minute about um the emotional bank account um and if somebody's you know constantly taken from their emotional bank account i think that's when it starts becoming broken and um, because there's nothing left for them to take um and it, it's it's important to to put in to that bank account so that when needed you can take from that bank account Okay, I'll share my personal experience. So, um, I, I broke up with this amazing guy last year. We broke up January, and bless you. And um, about the expectations, uh, I don't know. We didn't expect, but I can resonate well with the uh, with the words, the promises, and the words are powerful. And then if you broke it, like you just keep on saying things, and then you don't mean it, then yeah, um, something is not not just something. Trust is broken. Words words are broken also. So yeah. Yeah, and I think for me, that's the key point. I think a relationship becomes, because every relationship has arguments, you have disagreements. Um, not every day is a fairy tale, not every day is great. Um, they're not easy, they're difficult, but that doesn't mean that your relationship's broken. I think for me, the point when a relationship becomes broken is when there's a breach of that trust. The minute trust is gone, the relationship's broken. And then that's what eventually leads to a breakup because you cannot function of anything without trust. Trust is something that needs to be earned um, and gained. And when you've gained that, it can be easily lost. And you know, there's no you don't have to, depending on what, what's happened, that level of trust, that trust can be earned again, but it's going to take some time and it's going to take work and effort from that person that broke that trust to really build that up again. Um, and I think, Daniel, the bringing the emotional bank account is, uh, so that's from the seven habits of the value effect of people. Um, I think that's such an important point to bring in because you're right, eventually one person in that relationship is uh, going to be in withdrawal. <laughs> They're going to have withdrawn too much to have a negative bank account and that's going to cause that relationship to collapse. Uh, so the benefit for anybody who's 
who's listening in and, and hasn't heard of the emotional bank account concept. Um, it comes from Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And the concept is that every interaction that we have with people and everything we do for people will either result in us gaining um, kind of funds into our emotional bank account or withdrawn funds from that emotional bank account. And to really have a strong relationship with people, we should have a positive bank account where we're doing things for them, where like we're up to date with our commitments, we're following through with everything we're promising, and we're doing positive things for them to keep that emotional bank account high. The more negative things we do, the more times we breach trust, breach credibility, that starts to lower the emotional bank account, and we can end up in debt. And when debt, it's really difficult to really fix that relationship again. So I suppose, again, that's in, Daniel, is, is when people are in debt, that's another way of looking at, in terms of the emotional bank account, that when that, that relationship's broken. So I think it's really important for us to establish that, that when a relationship is broken, because the last thing we want to do is give people tips that if you're in argument and, and you're not agreeing with each other, your relationship's broken, break up. That's the last thing we want to be saying today. So, yeah. Anything you guys would like to add to that? Something really resonate with that. Um, going back to past relationships um, and, and sort of constantly um, having the other person take out of that bank account um, to the point where they were in debt. And I'm just like, you know, it, it goes back to the same. If you, if you sort of keep lending somebody money all the time and they don't pay back, there's comes a time when you're like right that's it no more I, I can't physically give you any more um i think that's where it's it sort of come to in some of my relationships yes um amazing dan uh, thank you for saying that also let's say both of you did your best to work it out to save your relationship but it's really coming to an end and yeah, like you already exerted all the efforts, but you know that um, it, it, it would be better, it would be best for you to have the breakup. Yeah. But um, I have a question. <laughs> so let's say uh, we're, we already in the stage or, of the breakup, like how do we heal ourselves from that breakup stage? So one of the things that, that I heard somebody say, I can't remember who it was now, I think it was a TikTok somewhere um, of, a, of a, a psychologist or something, and she was like, when, you, when you're going through that breakup, do all the things that you couldn't do when you were together not saying that that other person was controlling and stopped you doing a lot of things, but something simple as being able to stretch out further in, in the bed or um, being able just to enjoy, oh, I, I want to go out today and I haven't got this person to think about and really um, refocus your mind on all the positive things that you can now do.
Yeah, no, it's a good tip, Daniel. Um, thank you for sharing that. And a really good question, Charmaine. So how do we cope with a breakup? How do we heal ourselves when we've gone through that breakup stage? And I think the first thing to note is it really depends on the reason why you're breaking up. Um, and, and not necessarily understand it from, try to understand things from their perspective, like the different views, but really understand and come to terms with the, the fact that that relationship wasn't working. There's a reason why it's broke up. And I think... A lot of people can go into mode of blaming the other person without looking at how and what they're accountable for in that relationship. So for me, it was asking my question, what did I do wrong? And how can I change that? Um, you go through, you can get really deep, but it's a perfect chance for this, your self-awareness, your self-exploration, looking at you as a person. Going through a breakup can be a brilliant thing because it really shows who you are, where you're going wrong, where you can improve in life. And I think my breakups have made me a better person because I learned where I went wrong. I learned what I did incorrect. But you have to have that courage to take accountability for what you didn't do right and how you could have affected that person. When you do that and you realize, you can go through the stage of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a, is a key. And that's from both, it's a two-sided coin. It's forgiving the other person um, for breaking up with you um, or whatever happened from their side, but also forgiving yourself for whatever you did wrong in that relationship. But I think the hardest thing that people struggle with with breakup is they're too into themselves to see that and to realize that. And, you know, Daniel, you mentioned earlier on, we'll come to this a little bit um, about how you still have that connection with um, past people that you broke up with which means you've had, you've got that level of trust that respect you've understood that that isn't you know what it was wasn't right but going back to the biggest thing people suffer with and it's because they're so into themselves they're so self-centered oh my god i can't believe this has happened to me you should be with me we should be together blah blah it's, it's selfish thinking and it takes some time to really think that you're being selfish but the biggest struggle you can have is when you feel like that a relationship can be similar to a bereavement. You go through those similar emotions, those similar feelings as if someone passed away because what you're doing is you're losing a huge part of your life. But you should be blessed and grateful that you had those times with that person and that person has been part of your life and you've gone through those times together. So you were, you could you survived without them. You know, they weren't, haven't been in your life since you were born. You went through your childhood. You went through whatever. You've, you've lived life without them, and you've managed fine. You've met them. They made them a little bit better. You're attached. If you feel like that, you're attached to that person. And it's attachments that can really affect you as a person and really affect. It's attachment that causes that breakup. If you, and I've experienced this um, as well, because I've had breakups with people that I was really attached to, but I've had breakups with people along the lines of you, Danny, where I still keep in touch with them. I've had romantic connections. We're still together. I'm still in contact. Sorry, not together. Um, and that's because it's the difference between loving someone and being attached. And it's not to say that if you're attached to someone, you don't love them. It's just that the attachment is predominant, and that's what causes that pain and that feeling when you've lost that person, being pulled apart. Um, but when you're not attached and you can genuinely love someone freely, when you have a breakup and you go your separate ways, it's not painful. Because you can stay in touch. You want your, you're putting their happiness before yours. You want them to be happy. You're wishing them happiness. And it's not, you're not that you should be with me. This should, you know, we should be together. For you, you're putting them first. And that's, you know, true love is when you say, what can I do to make you happy? Not what can you do to make me happy? And I think when you have a relationship like that, it makes it so much easier.
Thereupon, um, because what happened with my ex was, it was a mutual decision of breaking up because we are going on our separate ways. Um, at first, we have this the same goals. Uh, we are planning in the near future, and then something happened. So I let him go because he wants to uh, teach in Italy as a volunteer. He wants me to be with him, but I told him that's not what I want. So it was really a deep conversation, discussion, and we both agreed that Okay, I'll, I have plans, you have plans, and the reason we're breaking up is uh, for, our, for both of our growth and for both of our happiness uh, sake. And we told each other that um, maybe we're breaking up because something, something, is be something better is coming, someone better is coming, and then so we broke up we remained friends it was my first time to be friends with an ex uh also with him but um it it was really hard because you still have these feelings for that person so um when he went to italy i cut the communication it it was i i i was grieving I was really grieving and my sister, my family saw me angry, bitter, crying, but I just let it all out. And then a lot of things uh, happened. Um, I think we got in touch after a few months, but um, I know it's, it's, it's already a goodbye. And... Uh, <laughs> Remember, Paul, last year when we were talking about vampire, energy vampires and zombies? So that's how I already felt. So I have to let him go. Yeah. And now he's, he's back in Japan. He's also a teacher. He's just one hour drive from my place. We have this same apartment. It's so crazy. But... Uh, we're not communicating, and uh, um, I embrace all the breakup stage. I, I, I really grieved a lot until I reached the stage of forgiveness. I forgave myself, I forgave him, and up until now, I keep on praying for him, and I just wish him his happiness and good health. And yeah, um, no more romantic feelings, just love in general and loving uh, someone from a distance so yeah I think also you can be friends with your ex if and only if you already don't have any romantic feelings to each other if you have really totally moved on and that you can uh, just remain friends like plain friends and nothing more yeah Now, thank you for sharing that, Charmaine, uh, and being so open. Um, 
I really, really appreciate that. Um, I'm grateful for you sharing that with us today. Um, small world that he's back in, in Japan and, and not too far away from you. Um, but I think just on that, I think that's one of the biggest things that, and going on today's topic, getting it back to it's called a breakup because it's broken. I think long distance is really one of the biggest factors for people breaking up, but not necessarily having a broken relationship. I think going back to the dependency, interdependency and the um, independence, different stages we can be in, in our life. I think you just what, what happens is you've got two independent people in a relationship and they're focused on them and their goals and what they want. And it's when you move, and I, this is not to say long distance doesn't work because I've been on the, the flip end. I've done long distance and long distance relationship now and you can make things work eventually and um, but before when i was in that independent stage so i'll go through daniel i know you want to jump in is there anything you want to share with charmaine before i go into this little it's just what's going through my mind at the moment no, I let you, you go. so looking at the and i think it's really good this dependency independency and interdependency is a really good model to look at your relationship and where you're at because I think if you're at the dependent stage, which I was at at the beginning, and you have two people that are dependent in a relationship, then you are creating a recipe for breeding toxicity. Um, you can create a toxic environment. Depends on the people and why they're dependent and how they manage that. But you get two dependent people in a relationship, that's going to create a toxic environment because they depend on each other. That's when people will start to get controlling because they want the other person to do this, and it's just going to breed toxicity. When you move into, and you can still have that if you get an independent person and a dependent person, when you move into that next stage, you have two people that are independent or even somebody who's maybe interdependent who's moved to that next stage once the pull understands, it can be a little bit more painful for them. But if you have two people that are independent, then that's when you start to go through that. But So the dependency stage, a breakup is going to be painful because they were really dependent on that person. It's going to be, you have two people that are independent then the breakup is going to be mutual, it's going to be less painful, you're going to be able to separate, go your own ways, and still be happy for that other person. But both people there fail to realise that there's no obstacles to people being together, and to be in a relationship, you don't have to physically be in the same space 24-7. That's when you get into the interdependency stage, and when you have two people in the interdependency stage that understand that you can be together, separately, together, it doesn't have to be all the time, when you're in that stage, you're going to be in a relationship that really, really flourishes and takes off. And the question I have is, why do we, when, we, when it's a long distance, why do we, and it's, it's in the independent stage, but why do we want to cut it off? Why do we feel those pains? We can still talk to that person. We can still have video calls every day. We just the only if you look at the five love languages, you can still get all five love languages apart from touch. So anything you you can't do is physically touch that person. So why is it that we a lot of people just tend to give up on long distance relationships? So I'm gonna relate this back to what's happening now. Um with the pandemic um, and something I've observed that I see many people that like a lot of times connecting over Zoom, um, you know, really seeing each other a few times a week, but yet they still feel lonely. Um, I've done a little bit, of, little bit of reflection on that, that as humans, we crave that touch um, and that, 
touch somehow um, triggers our brain to think we're actually connected if we touch. Um, the hugs, the you know, the different things of touch, um, and, and without that, we can we can still be with people the same way. I think we can be in a room full of people, but still feel lonely. Um, nice. Touch is my first love language. And uh, with my ex, uh, if he's traveling in and out of Japan, we barely survive long distance relationship. I don't believe in that. He doesn't believe in that. That's why we, we always had a fight after when he comes back here because we don't communicate. Uh, that's what we don't have, open communication and then the time zones. So, yeah, um, it's hard, but I, I'm really impressed and amazed to those people who who work it out, especially long distance. Yeah. Um, trust will really play an important uh, role for long distance relationship, trust and honesty. Yeah. 100% trust and honesty is, is the key key ingredients that you need to, to plant. It's definitely the seeds you need to plant in a relationship to help grow a beautiful flowering relationship. But I think another important thing is people need to focus on them. You need to focus on you. Um, we talked about this last, too many people are trying to look for the right person rather than be the right person. Not many people are investing in themselves, understanding who they are authentically, truly, and I think it's so important that when something's going wrong in a relationship, that you start with you first. What is it that we can automatically just say, this person's not doing this, this person's to blame for that, this person's causing this friction on a relationship? Because it could be external people outside the relationship as well. People trying to interfere with your relationship, um, different people having a say. It could come from anywhere. But the first thing you need to look at is you. What is it that I'm, I'm doing wrong in this relationship? What am I not given? Um, and whenever we feel pain, whenever we feel discomfort, whenever we feel attached, that all comes from us and how we're choosing to react or choosing to engage or communicate with that other person. And it all rests with us to make it different. And if that person is truly not right for us, we'll come to that better understanding soon enough when it's not too late and we can let that person go and we can move on with our lives. I think it's so important to know that everything starts with us. Well, an example of that, um, in that me and the party, because now we're allowed to go and meet people in, in gardens. Um, so we'd gone around to see some family. Um, and I'd gone in to use the toilet. I'd come back out. Um, and my auntie was sat there saying, oh, Glenn's told us you're going to do the uh, cut the grass for us. And I'm like, yeah, I've got no problems in, in cutting your grass. I, I, I can do that. Um, that's not a problem. But then I was cutting the grass and these thoughts kept creeping in. Like, how dare he offer my services without even bothering to ask me first? Like, what was he thinking? And then sort of reflecting on that and thinking, well, when we've left, I'm going to ask him, like, why did he even offer my services? Um, 
And then when we had actually gotten out and I'd had a chance to talk to him, and I said, look, please don't offer my services out um, without actually asking me first if I'm okay to do that. And he was like, actually, I didn't. Um, we were talking about the grass. And I'd said that we could possibly come round sometime during the week, me and you, and we could cut it for her because um, she does have some mobility issues at the minute. Um, but I, I certainly didn't offer them. I just said, well, there's a possibility we could come round. She's took that as we'll do it and wants to do it right now. So I think I made my own assumptions without actually going and finding out the truth. And having then reflected that on past relationships, I've seen where I've done that. I've just assumed something without actually finding out. And I've let that overtake my whole thought process. Yeah, no, that's something I've done in past relationships as well. You can just make assumptions and not actually look and reflect on situation and we talk right it's coming up a lot but when we may when we assume we make an ass out of you and me um which is what happens um cause a lot of bad feelings and the thing is what what becomes worse is when we act on those assumptions um and that could be spot by anything what somebody else has said that's outside the relationship the way in which that person's behaving um and you the more people the more assumptions you make the more you you start to breed a, breed a bit of paranoia, can even speak today, paranoia into that relationship. Um, you know, I've seen that happen in relationships all the time, where paranoia starts to kick in um, because of assumptions that have been made. Now, I, I was dating a girl, and she wasn't happy with me having friends that were girls. If I was just texting a friend that was a female, I didn't like that. Um, but that was coming from you know their past experience of being cheated on, um, and they were making assumptions that there was something going on with these these other women, and yeah, yeah it's assumptions are a big big thing that can really ruin and break a relationship as well. Tom, we're coming again with a with a funny story that's happened recently. Um, so every year we always go, um, in October, um, me and the partner go to this same place on holiday. Um, and we, we really love it. Anyway, I'd happened to share, um, there's a theme park down there and they were put, they put a teaser out for a new ride that's coming. So I shared that to my profile. Um, and most of the stuff on my profile is open. So literally anybody can see it. Um, and then a friend of mine commented who's got a, a caravan down there, and then another friend commented. Then for some reason, out of the blue, the guy who who used to be one of my best friends, who my ex cheated on us with, um, he put a comment on saying, oh, lovely, I'm not working far from there. Hopefully we'll be able to meet up. Um, and... That, that that just, you know, in the first instance, I was like, why would I want to meet up with you? And then after reflection, why wouldn't I want to meet up with you? Because I've made peace and I've forgiven him for what he's done. And, you know, I've forgiven myself um, for the way I handled the situation. Um, so there's no barrier there anymore. So why can't I meet up and, you know, something 
you know, might come of it, might not come of it. I might not be aligned with them. But am I cutting myself off um, because of past feelings? Yeah, no, it's a it's a good one as well because you've you've also got your your partner's feelings to consider in that situation as well, and he's having that open and honest conversation with your partner and maybe going together as well. Um, but it's you, in that again, it comes to that communication is having that conversation. So you're considering how your partner would feel you going and, and you know, connecting with them. But another another good example, Daniel. Um, and it, and it all comes down to, to levels of uh, emotional maturity that we have um, when it comes to relationships. And, you know, we both, both partners, both people in that relationship, they need to be at a, a high level of emotional maturity to, to understand. So not just trust and honesty, but I think throwing emotional maturity there as well plays a, a huge part in keeping a relationship strong. And I always uh, want a want it to be teamwork like we're 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 in this together we're a team not you you versus me or you against me like you and me against uh whatever we're facing so yeah, yeah no teamwork is definitely key and i think that comes from that um that interdependency stage it's just moving from independence into interdependence to realize that together we can achieve much more and um, but we're not dependent on each other we've both got our own goals we've both got our own visions we're both working but we're here to support each other and really take each other off off the ground each other up definitely important i think one big thing for me to learn was that it's not always going to be 50 50 um sometimes you know one side's going to give more than the other side and then there's times when uh, the other half of the relationship gives more than the other side um and, and learning that that's okay um as long as it isn't sort of you know all one-sided you know you um but learning that it wasn't always 50 50 because i always assumed that relationships had to be 50 50 and each partner had to give equal all the time and learning that wasn't the case was really beneficial yeah and i'd, I'd like to offer you a new perspective actually daniel on that and i mean i don't know if you've looked at it this way neither but i think 50 50 uh, tends to just have that perspective breaks relationships in a sense because you're expecting too much but the way i look at it is it should be 100 100 it should be 100 100 um you should give you 100 percent into the relationship okay certain days you're not going to be feeling great there's going to be times but you still should be able to put 100 percent of what you can give into that relationship every day and that's what's going to really help you take that relationship off um so instead of looking at it as a split you're both giving your all into it um and okay you're going to have different days but that doesn't mean you're not putting anything into your relationship just because you've got other things going on and you're feeling down and you maybe you just can't do stuff or pick, pick your partner up in terms of energy and things but you're still 100 percent in that relationship 100 percent committed and that's what you want to give you know that relationship is what matters for that other person and that comes first
um, let's say about that 100%, then let's just say that one partner is giving 100% all the time. And uh, of course that, that person will feel, feel bad or like, oh, I'm just giving 100% and my partner isn't. So maybe that's that's one thing that will lead to breakup if you're just giving your all and I don't know and then um, if you're not receiving anything or or if your partner is not really making an effort then yeah it can lead to something painful because of expectations that you have yeah yeah so that does all come down to expectations but if you look at the 50 50 perspective and you're only going to you're only going to give 50 you know why, why can't you give more than 50 on certain days why can't you give 100 if you've got that you're expecting there to be some kind of it's already tainted your perspective's already tainted because you're expecting some sort of balance to be in that relationship and you know the way the universe works and i truly believe this is the more you give the more you receive and that works in relationships. If you're 100% always and you're given what you can when you can, then that's going to be received by the other person. The other person's going to see it and they're going to give that back. But when you're looking at 50-50 and you're telling yourself, I've done all this this week, this you need to do more, you need to do this, blah, blah, blah. And you're, you're having that mindset that you have those expectations and you approach it in a more negative way. Where if you were coming from 100%, you can have a more constructive conversation with your partner to say, look, I, I've been given this, blah, blah, and what's up, what's going on for you? Instead of expecting you should be doing this, you should be doing that, with that 50-50 perspective, you're going to cause more friction and destruction on that relationship. But if you're going in with 100%, that 100% would be, okay, I'm doing all this for you. I've been calling this, and, and I, I don't feel like you're that committed. What's going on for you? You can have that. That's coming in at 100%. And asking them for a little bit more and, and why aren't they coming at their hundred percent and that's not to say you know it's not to say yeah i'm not talking about chores and things in the relationship needs to be 50 50 but your investment in terms of your energy and yourself in there needs to be at 100. so that takes me back um i think it was one of the seven habits uh seek to understand not to be understood Yeah, that was one of those seven habits. So seek first to understand before being understood. Um, great book. <laughs> it's good to see that you're picking up a lot from this, Danny. We'll learn a lot from, from the book club as well. Um, you know, that's a, it's a really good point. But you need to come from that perspective of wanting to give 100% and being invested in 100% in order to, to have that constructive conversation and understand. You can look at other things as well. Um, you guys will learn about it later on in the certification when you start to look at something called the pack model as well, ego states, and how you come from a parent ego state, adult ego, ego state, adult ego state, and the child ego state as well. So there's lots of things that can factor into the relationship to, to help fix it and change the way we communicate. So is any more points that you guys want to, to really raise any questions that you want to bring into the discussion today um, we're coming towards the end but i don't want to miss any key points that you'd like to to mention that relationships take work um they're not something that just happens you, you've got to put that 
as you said, that 100% in. So just to bring it to a bit of a close then, I'm going to ask the question one more time, just in a couple of uh, sentences or a paragraph, um, your views. So it's called a breakup because it's broken. What do we think? I don't think it's necessarily we're breaking up because it's broken. Sometimes you can break up for other different reasons. Yeah, for me, it's called break up because it's broken. Uh, not the person, but the relationship you, you had with that person, the, the bond, the connection, the trust, everything. And not only romantic relationship, um, uh, friendship, family, relationship, relative. So, yeah. So none of you are swayed from your original perspectives. That's interesting. That's cool. Um, so for me, it's, uh, I don't think it's called a breakup because it's broken. I think it's called a breakup because you're no longer a couple together. You're separating. Doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship is broken because if you're in that stage of interdependent interdependency, you can still have those conversations. You can still have some form of relationship with that person, just not on a romantic level. And equally on the other end of the coin, you can be in a relationship together with someone where that is broken. So I don't think it's called a breakup because it's broken because you can have it either way. So I just want to say thank you to Daniel and Charmaine for being here. It's been absolutely fantastic. If you're listening in, we would love to hear your thoughts and your views on this topic. Is it called a breakup? because it's broken, you can email this into our family at coachingminds.co.uk or you can drop a message below the podcast. We can get you on a webinar. We can take this discussion further and share your views or we can have an article published on, your, on our website if you have something you want to write up behind this topic. So thank you for listening in. A huge thank you again to Daniel and Charmaine. You've been absolutely wonderful. It's been a great discussion. And I look forward to seeing you guys on another podcast in the future and connecting again. Thank you.